All right, let's do this Diamond Envy podcast. I'm your host, Tyler McComas. Diamond Envy is always brought to you by Cavens Group. Check them out, cavensgroup.com. How's everyone's opening day going thus far? Is it good? Great? Yeah? Oh, your, your team is 2-0 as well after the first full day of the season? Mine too. Mine too. Glad to hear I'm not the only one that has a favorite softball team that is already 2-0 on the season and yeah, has given up zero runs on the year as well. What an opening day. What an opening day for the number one ranked OU softball team. They go out and take care of business really from the from the get-go. Didn't take this team that long at all to get warmed up. I know everything that I'm saying right now is not a surprise. Of course that's the case. It's a team that's going for a four-peat and in the midst of one of the more impressive dynasties that we've ever seen in the sport. But it is nice to see this team come out and really assert its dominance on the first day. And that's exactly what they did beginning with the first game against Utah Valley. OU wins that one 13-0 this morning in Mexico. And there and there's so many different ways we can go here. But let's go with the biggest storyline, certainly at that game, and I think probably the entire day as well. What up, Cassidy, Cassidy Pickering? I mean, are you kidding me? First at-bat ever, 3-0 count. Grand Slam? Hey, look, and a big part of this conversation tonight was always going to be who was in the opening day lineup. Not that that is indicative of what's going to happen in a month's time or or during the the postseason push, but that's a big deal. You're a freshman right now with what OU has, and you're in the starting lineup game one, and then you hit a Grand Slam on your first ever at-bat on a 3-0 pitch? It's insane. It's the, the feel-good moment from the day, and I always say it, if you've been listening to this podcast for any amount of time, never be surprised by what this team accomplishes because greatness is always around OU softball. Greatness, special things, cool things. This is a cool thing today. You know, Cassidy Pickering, you're going to remember that she hit a grand slam in her first at-bat in the first inning of the first game of the year when OU's going for a four-peat, and I keep saying it, 3-0 count. Look, 3-0 and is almost automatically a red light, especially if you're a freshman up there, 3-0 count with the bases loaded, you're taking till, probably till they throw a strike. Now, I don't know if Patty gave her the green light or what the situation was. It doesn't really matter. The ball ended up over the fence. Opposite field bomb for Cassidy Pickering. Now, I know I'm probably getting over my skis a little bit on this one, and maybe even I'm setting the expectations way too high for Cassidy Pickering but you're probably thinking it too. With as highly recruited as she was, what we saw from her during fall ball, starting game one on a team like this, yeah, that was just a hint that she's going to be really good. (laughs) She's going to be real good in an OU uniform throughout her career. I was already excited about Cassidy Pickering. How could you not be even more excited about her after today? Because the Grand Slam is the key storyline. That's not all she did today. She was excellent at the plate throughout the entire day. Super productive, good at-bats, not intimidated by the moment whatsoever in her first uh, opening day playing collegiate softball. So again, maybe I'm putting way too high expectations on her way too early on. I'll own that if that's the case. I I just think that we're going to look up here and say, dang, she's good. Because we talked about it all the way in the fall. It's You know, you're losing so many familiar faces after this year. Jada Coleman, 
Kenzie Hansen, TRA Jenny. I mean, we all know what they're losing this year. Who's going to be that next core of stars? And Cassidy Pickering showed us today. She has every opportunity to be one of those next great stars for OU softball. I mean, if your debut looks like that, expectations were already high and will continue to be high for her. But what a cool moment today. What a cool moment for her and just a, a really good day offensively in the first game. Hanson and Brito, back-to-back bombs. That was that was really fun to see. And what, you had nine hits uh, in that first game. Nine hits, you get 13 runs. It was just overall a, a productive day, a, a clean day defensively, or a clean game, I should say, defensively in game one with no errors. Uh, of course, it's a five-inning run rule. And outside of what Cassidy Pickering did in her first at-bat, I think one thing to notice is, not in just game one, but throughout the day as well, OU relied on several arms. And really, all of those arms came in and looked sharp. Nicole May got the start against Utah Valley. Three innings pitched, just one hit, no one runs, two strikeouts. She looked good. She looked real good. She only threw three innings in game one. I'm wondering if that's because they're going to bring her back for the Washington game on Friday night. That would be my guess. That's purely a guess, but that's my guess. But after Nicole May, you go with Kirsten Deal. And not Kirsten Deal's best outing. I'm not going to take that as a sign of things to come. Uh, Gave up three hits, but still got out of the inning with no runs. It's big for her. Had a strikeout in that inning, just pitched the fourth inning, and then you saw Peyton Monticelli come in and close it out. So three pitchers in a five-inning run rule. And you knew that that was going to be a real focal point for Patty here is, you know what you got with Nicole May? You know what you got with Kelly Maxwell? Just trying to figure out more and more what you got with Kirsten Deal. What do you got with Peyton Monticelli? Some of these other pitchers, Carly Keeney. And this is just the time of the year where let's get these pitchers innings. Let's see what we've truly got in the circle. We may have a good idea coming into the season what we got in the circle. But I love that Patty threw as many arms as she did today, and they were all productive, and and nobody gave up a run. Which, speaking of Patty Gasso, by the way, and I maybe even buried the lead here, um, but congratulations are in order. All alone, third all-time in the sport in wins. Patty now sits alone, third all-time. What's her number now? 1,458 wins. She passed Margie Wright today. Tied her with the Utah Valley win. Passed her with the uh, with the win over Duke on a Thursday afternoon. So congrats to the GOAT. She's creeping up on Mike Andrea. Maybe she'll catch Carol Hutchins by the time she retires. But here's the thing. If you look at the all-time wins list, Patty now sits at third. And her years of coaching, she's just in her 30th year. I say just in her 30th year. But just in her 30th year compared to the other coaches on this list. Carol Hutchins, 38 years. Mike Candrea, 34. Margie Wright, 33. Ralph Weekly, 34. So Patty's number three. But in that top five, she's coached the fewest years. It's taken her the least amount of time to get to the amount of wins that she's at. So hat tip to the GOATs. I'm not going to be shocked if she's the all-time wins leader at some point. Carol's got it at 1,707, but at the rate that OU's winning softball games right now, is that on the table? Yeah, you betcha. That that is absolutely on the table. So just good, good all around. I, I thought just good all around from game one. Um, again, you, you, you hit for power. You, you got hits throughout. 
all three pitchers, I think, looked uh, really sharp. Again, Kirsten Deal giving up three hits. I'm not – she's good. She's going to be good. She's going to be a big part of this team this year. So all is good on that front. That was OU's 54th straight win. Uh, they got that win over Utah Valley. That was 54 in a row. That, of course, tracks back from last year. But just overall, a uh, a good season opening win, a five-inning run roll, and you could tell early on that that's where we were headed. So, like, they stacked a lot of runs in the fourth and in the fifth inning. You kind of knew in the second inning, okay, here we go. Another five-inning run roll to uh, to start the year. But the big one, um, and, and here's the thing, is, like, you're just now getting into the year, right? And then, bam, the second leg of a doubleheader on game one, you may be facing the best team that you're going to see in all of the non-conference. And we talked about that a couple of episodes ago, is Duke and Washington, at least where they're ranked, those are the two best teams that you're going to play in the non-con. And those games two and game three. So right out of the gate, boom, let's face some big-time competition and a couple teams that could make it to Oklahoma City at the end of the year. I think Patty loves that. Let's not, not you know, coast into things a little bit, get comfortable. No way. Day one, let's play a top-10 team in Duke, and let's see what we got with some of these young faces. And not that Kelly Maxwell is a young face, the exact opposite in terms of how much college softball she played. She got the start against Duke, and she was good. She was real good. Five innings pitched, no runs allowed, just one hit allowed, two strikeouts, one walk. That's good. I mean, that's... Whereas I don't think what we saw from Kirsten Deal is going to be the norm in terms of giving up three hits. I think that's what we're going to get from Kelly Maxwell more times than not. Five innings, no runs, just allowed one hit. Pretty dominant against a really good Duke offense. Or a Duke offense, at least, that's going to look really good by the time we start to play the most important softball games of the year. OU beats Duke 3-0. And maybe not the offensive explosion that you think of when you think of OU softball in the lineup they have this year, but that's fine. That's okay. I don't need to win every game 10 nothing. You know, I it's kind of fun sometimes to play all seven innings like the sport intended. You know, I I won't complain about a five-inning run rule, don't get me wrong, but there's nothing wrong with playing a good softball team and playing a really good softball game and winning that thing three-nothing. And that's what OU did today over Duke. Really good pitching, really good defense. Riley Boone made a play in right field. It was a great play. I just think it hit her right in the stomach when she tried to dive for it, and I was wondering if it knocked the breath out of her or not. But just fundamentally, you know, it looks like this team is in a really good place. And how many times have we talked about it here that, well, everyone talks about OU's offense. Everyone talks about how good OU is in the circle, and for good reasons. But the OU defense for the past several years is really what's kind of separated this team from the rest of the pack. So, again, they come out hot defensively. Brito looked really good at third base. We have got to talk about T.R.A. Jennings at shortstop. I will be honest with you, that surprised me. But just um, good softball all the way around. Again, I don't I don't think it's going to be the norm where this team scores three runs per game. That's not a hot take. You know that that's going to be true as well. But it's okay to to beat a good softball team three to nothing. Like the expectations and standards are so high, I feel like at times, oh, you might only score three runs against a top ten team, and the thought is, what's wrong? What's what's the matter? Why why didn't they score more than three runs? Is it just early in the year? No, other teams got really good players too, especially in this era of college softball. Duke could very well make it to Oklahoma City, 
So a good win all the way around. And you know Patty likes to be in close games. And they were in a tough situation in the top of the seventh of that game. Bases were loaded. One outs. Oh, boy, here's the pressure cooker for you. And OU finds a way to get out without Kelly Maxwell in the game, right? So overall, I mean, how how could you not be happy? You, you, you come out of today with two wins. You've got 55 consecutive wins right now. And you get out of a tough situation. I really think Patty probably liked this team was in a close game today. And they figured it out down the stretch and, and found a way to win. Uh, Tiari Jennings had a big home run in that game to, to make it one nothing. Um, but yeah, I just good. Just good to be two and zero, and really looking forward to that Washington game tomorrow. Like I said earlier, with, with Maxwell throwing five innings today, purely a guess, but with Nicole May only throwing three innings, I'm going to guess Nicole May gets to start tomorrow. Maybe she only pitches three innings, four innings, five innings, but that's a big game. And I'm going to guess that Patty wants one of her bigger arms in the circle. That's my guess uh, for tomorrow is that you see Nicole May in that spot. And, of course, I've got all the confidence in the world. She's going to go out there and probably pitch a gym. But T.R.A. Jennings shortstop. Let's talk about it. I don't know about the rest of you, but I was surprised. And I don't want the tone to be that I think it's some bad move. Of course I don't think it's a bad move. It's Patty Gasso. The move's probably going to work out, and it's probably going to look awesome. We know what kind of player T.R.A. Jennings is. She, she's excellent. And she's been excellent at second base for quite some time. Um, but now you got Avery Hodge playing a little bit over there at second base. And we'll see how TRA fares. And let's go back to something that we were consistent about throughout the fall. It's whoever starts game one, whoever it is. And no matter how good they look at that spot, that's not going to be the final say of who's going to be the starting shortstop uh, all year long. It was TRA today. Will it be TRA next week? Will Patty continue to tinker with the lineup? Well, as recently as a couple of weeks ago, she said that you're going to see multiple players at shortstop, and I'm going to guess that that's still going to be the case. Now, will TRA Jennings went out and be your everyday starting shortstop at some point this year? I think you have to talk about the real possibility of that being the case. But I do think others will have the opportunity to assert themselves at that position as well. But if T.R.A. Jennings is, ends up who takes over Grace Lyons' spot, think about that. Biggest offseason question, arguably. Who's going to take over for Grace Lyons at short? Well, if that player is one of the best all-around players that we've seen at OU in quite some time, yeah, I'm good with it. I'm fine. I know offensively, shortstop's not going to take a backseat to anyone in the country. And watch this. Even though I wasn't necessarily talking a lot about T.R.A. at short before the year, I was talking more about Brito more at short to start the year because it felt like Alyssa Brito was playing more short during the uh, during the fall series than um, than Tiare was. But watch this. Tiare will end up being the shortstop and she'll end up being an All-American at that spot. She'll end up being an All-American at two different positions on the infield. There's a hot take for you. A way too early hot take for you after uh, or here on the night of this opening day is that Tiare Jennings will probably just move over to short and be an All-American. No big deal. Um, but I do want to go back to Cassidy Pickering, and I, I think arguably the biggest story of the day because it's so cool, and something that we talked about on the radio show today, and you know, you've know, you got to consider her debut as, as one of the best that we've seen in any OU sport over the course of the past, what, decade or two. 
And I came up with a short list of great OU debuts that I can remember in my lifetime. And I really started thinking from 2000 to present. Um, I didn't really, for whatever reason, think back much to the 90s. But I think of Tommy Harris, North Carolina game, his first ever game. He gets a TFL in the first play. It's like, okay, yeah. One play in, and I can see why Tommy Harris was a five-star. I think it's Sam Bradford, 21-23 in his first start against North Texas. 363 yards, three touchdowns. Sam in his first start broke Josh Heupel's record for passing yardage in a half, and he tied Jason White for 18 straight completions in his first start. Pretty good debut for Sammy B. Ended up winning a Heisman. AD looked the part in his OU debut. Had a 35-yard touchdown run back in 04 against Bowling Green. Now, let's get to the good ones. DeMarco Murray has five touchdowns in his OU debut against North Texas in 2007. Five for DeMarco. He panned out, and he ended up being a pretty good player, right? But probably the best of all is Jalen Hurts back in 2019. OU's playing Houston on a Sunday night, actually, in Norman, and he has six total touchdowns, three passing touchdowns, three rushing touchdowns, 332 passing yards, 176 rushing yards. That is an OU debut. Six total touchdowns, and he ran for over 175 yards as well. So is Cassidy Pickering in that category? Maybe. I mean, she had a grand slam in her first ever at-bat. I don't know how you measure a grand slam versus six touchdowns. But it's pretty impressive to do so on your first at-bat. I'm probably not going to sit here and say that it was Better or more impressive than Jalen Hurts' debut, but Jalen Hurts have been playing college football for a while. Cassidy Pickering, this is year one for her. A little bit different, right? So I'm absolutely going to consider her for you know some of the best freshman debuts that we've seen in quite some time. And I just think it's a sign. I think it's a sign of things to come and how special her career is uh, is going to be. Love the pitching depth that we saw. I mentioned how many arms um, OU threw out there today. But it's just crazy that you lose Jordy Ball, like, what, one, two in college softball this year in terms of pitchers? And we'll see what she looks like without the best defense and the best players behind her. I still think Jordy Ball is going to have a really good year, regardless of who's behind her. But we're talking about Nyjah Kennedy, Jordy Ball, one, two. The point is, wherever she ranks, she's really good, that there's not a whole lot of athletic programs in any sport in college. collegiate sports they can lose a player of that caliber that was women's college world series mvp and just carry on and move forward like yeah no big deal still gonna be really good in the circle maybe top to bottom we had the best pitching staff in america it's crazy isn't it you lose jordy ball but you go out and get kelly maxwell in her first game she just fires off five innings has a shutout and only gives up one hit you know a lot of teams if they lose someone like jordy ball they would feel it a lot of football programs out there, if they lost a legendary player like Jordy Ball, they would feel it. OU softball, ah, we'll figure it out. We'll go get somebody from the transfer portal. We got some freshmen coming in that are really good. We got some players coming back. All good. We'll still be preseason number one. We'll still have one of the best pitching staffs in the country. Saw it again today. Two games, no runs allowed. Pretty unbelievable, yes, me. Um, hey, uh, again, I said it the last episode, but thank you guys for uh, tweeting out when a new episode drops. Very much appreciated. Tommy Gallegos did that uh, the morning of game day. 
Of course, Shy did that as well. She appreciated the shout out. I, I love that. My buddy Mark Worley out there is is always doing uh, the Lord's work up there. And uh, I believe Mark's in Ohio up there. So appreciate him as well. And I do want to give a special shout out. I really enjoy, I still call it Twitter. You can call it X, whatever you would like. I still really enjoy this Twitter account. And I think it's a really good follow if you're an OU softball fan. If you're not following number one Patty Gasso fan, you need to. Number one Patty Gasso fan. Pretty self-explanatory with the content. You're going to see a whole lot of OU softball content and some really good OU softball content with some really good thoughts as well. Uh, really enjoy that page. I think because um, I like I like following you guys all throughout the season and in the off season as well to see what's going on. But I love to see your takes on what's going on during the game. Like social media, in a lot of ways, is a bad thing. <laughs> it's it has not been positive for humanity. But it has been a positive, at least in my life, and consuming an OU softball game and seeing what you guys are thinking. And I, I, I enjoy that quite a bit. You know who you are out there. Jessica Baim, got to throw her in there as well. But number one Patty Gasso fan is, it, is a very entertaining follow during all the games as well. So go follow that account if you haven't already. But how are we feeling? Feeling good, right? Softball season's here. That felt like an eternity of an offseason. And OU won the national championship. It just feels so good for it to be back. Feels good that the OU softball Twitter account's putting out videos and it looks like a home game with all the OU fans there behind home plate. Insane, but not surprising. All is right in the world. The back-to-back-to-back national champs are back at it. And they're going to go for win number 56 tomorrow against Washington. Insane win number 56 tomorrow against Washington going to be a competitive game. I am not going to sit here and predict a 12-0 win in five innings. I'm not. I think it's going to be a I think it's going to be a close game where you see may see two, three different OU pitchers. Patty Patty knows this is a big game. She wants to put some of these freshmen and newcomers in interesting spots to see how they respond, and I love that. It is about winning. Of course, it's always about winning, but it's also putting players in spots to see how they respond. And as we've seen OU softball over the years, most times they respond in a very positive way. So OU and Washington, those are two heavy hitters in the softball world. It's fun to see them match up with one another. So I can't wait for the Washington game tonight. And of course, what we got coming up on Sunday as well. I'm going to try to uh, get back on here on Sunday to recap the weekend. But I was just too excited. I mean, come on. It's, it's opening day. I want to talk a little softball. These newcomers, players coming back, everyone. Uh, just, just excited for the season. And uh, just wanted to recap these first uh, first two games. Talk to you later on in the weekend. As always, we appreciate the support. Cavens Group, title sponsor of the podcast once again. It is the Diamond Envy Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler McComas.